Welcome to Relatable. This is your host, Teresa Freeman. Thank you for joining us today and a huge thank you for everyone who continues to listen to Relatable. Each week we continue to grow our listenership, which is awesome and I'm super excited about that. And we do have a lot of really interesting guests that are lined up for future episodes. So continue to listen. Uh, If you listen closely to today's episode, you may hear good old Moose in the background. She certainly likes to make an appearance. (laughs) Uh, I'm excited for you to all uh, hear today's episode. I was fortunate to speak with two awesome young adults who happen to be brothers. Carter and Presley are so charming. You can't help but fall in love with these two. They are open, honest, and cover a lot of ground from being competitive athletes in high school and college, facing the pressure of partying, academic challenges, as well as becoming an Eagle Scout. Teens and parents will both get a lot out of this episode. Enjoy! I'm excited to talk with both of you. Missy has told me a lot about you, and I feel like um, we try to have as many as we can young adults on on this podcast because I feel like we're trying to help others uh, understand what it's like to be in your shoes at your different stages of life, and so hopefully this will be a good one that young people that are just graduating from college or going into high school will listen to and, and get something out of it. So we really appreciate you coming. Um, we're here with Carter and Presley and their brothers, and so they're going to talk to us a little bit about their experience growing up in Northern Virginia, playing sports, going to college, and what some of those um, successes and maybe some of those challenges have been like for you. So, Carter, we can start with you. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of where you are um, at your stage in life right now. So, I'm going to be a junior at Randolph Macon College, which is down in Ashland, Virginia. Um, I played baseball there and I've grown up playing sports my whole life and I've always been involved in the community. I'm an Eagle Scout, so so I love being involved with my community and I love playing sports, so that's kind of my rundown. And then Presley, what about you? Uh, I just graduated from Centerville High School this past uh, June. And thank you. Uh, (laughs) I will be playing football also at Randolph-Macon College. it's just 10 minutes past Kings Dominion, right before Richmond yeah. on 95. So um, I've been playing sports my whole life as well. I'm an Eagle Scout as well and been involved in the community uh, my whole life, just like Carter said. So, yeah. He likes to follow his big brother. <laughs> I was going to say, so I have three boys, and I was actually just talking about this with a friend of mine yesterday about how I want them to be close and I want them to be connected. Um, they're about all, like two and a half, almost three years apart equally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and throughout like their upbringing I've seen periods of times where they get along fairly well and other times where they don't get along so well so have you guys always gotten along like have you um, is there any like sibling because you're pretty close in age right Mm -hmm. yeah we're two years apart Um, I mean I think like every sibling you have those challenges ups and downs yeah but I mean I feel like for the most part we've always gotten along and I mean I'm excited for him to come down and be with me so yeah 
I'm excited for the next two years and see what that has. So. Yeah, I think that's really cool that you yeah. guys are going to the same school. So, all right, Carter, maybe we could talk a little bit about um, your high school experience. And so um, I'd love to talk to you about sports and how, how that um, was a factor. But also just generally, one of the questions I like to ask is how did you find that situation, you know, just socially and academically, like some of those pressures mm -hmm. that you feel? But maybe first let's start with the sports and tell me a little bit about your uh, trajectory in your career with that? Mm -hmm. So my freshman year, I played football, basketball, and baseball. Um, it's hard to be a three-sport kid. Yeah, right? so I found, out, yeah, I found out very quickly that it's tough to do all three and try and do everything and, again, be involved in the community and play three sports and then get good grades. And So it was really tough for me to do that. Um, so my sophomore year, I ended up playing just football and baseball trying to narrow my focus and try and figure out what I really wanted to do at the next level and if I wanted to play at the next level. So I always knew I wanted to. I just didn't know what sport I wanted to do it in. Mm -hmm. So by the time my junior year came around, I knew that I wanted to play baseball. I think because I'm a left-handed pitcher, I feel like I had an, an enhanced advantage over everybody else just being a lefty, being a part of that 6%. So... I really wanted to pursue baseball, and that's why my junior year I ended up playing just baseball. Um, and I did a lot of camps, recruiting in the fall, and I played fall ball. I played for the Ebo Shield Canes. So I was traveling all fall, which would leave me no way to play football. And so that's, that's kind of what happened my junior year. And then my senior year I ended up just playing. I played football and then baseball because I really realized my junior year how much I love football and being out of it and watch going to the games occasionally on Friday nights. I was like, man, I miss it. And so, and by the time the summertime came around, I was like, I gotta play. So then I ended up playing. Was there a lot of pressure for you to stay with football? If you have someone that had been part of sports a lot, and I imagine you're a pretty talented athlete. So was that hard? I, I think there, is there a lot of pressure to stay and not give it yes, up? Yes. I feel like there was a lot more pressure from my friends. Like, saying why are you gonna leave us like come on we need you like you know we can be good so I think I got a lot of pressure from my friends my dad and my mom and my brothers like they were all kind of just saying you got to be selfish and kind of look at what's what's gonna help you and what's gonna help you down the road so I try to look at look at it from both sides like seeing it I don't I don't want to quit on my friends and I don't want to leave them out to dry so I was like I was torn there but then I knew baseball was going to give me my best chance so I was like I got to kind of do what's what I think for me is the best so I ended up not playing which was definitely challenging I at times I was like I don't know why I ever did that um, we ended up not having a great year my junior year so it was a little easier but not as much I still would have rather been out there playing mm -hmm. so I don't know it's tough and would you say, like, so you've said a couple times, which I find interesting in terms of being forward focused. So, like, you were already thinking about what's going to differentiate you or what's going to set you up long term. So mm -hmm. how would you say that has, like, how do you have that characteristic or what is it about your background or, you know, because that's not entirely usual that mm -hmm. someone already at their sophomore year is thinking about the future and mm -hmm. where you're, you know, how, how these things might work for you towards your future. Yeah. So, well, I knew, like I said, I knew I wanted to play college sports. I just didn't know what sport I wanted to play. Yeah. And if I was going to be able, like, 
I didn't realistically think I could go to a big SEC school and play football there. I didn't think I could go play baseball there either, but I knew I could potentially go to a good school, get a great education, and hopefully get a scholarship, which would make it easier for all the bills and all the stuff that comes with college. Right. So I, that's kind of like, what I was looking at. Do you want like D2? Do you, like, did you have that in mind? Like, Were you trying to figure out what, where is a place that's going to be most competitive for me and I can play? Or like, how did you assess that? I wanted to go somewhere where I would play. I, I was like, if I can go to a ACC school for baseball, if I could go to UNC and play, right. I would go. But I really wanted to focus my mind around playing and not waiting for three years and then maybe play my senior year right. or wait two years, get a couple innings my, my junior year, and then play a lot as a senior. I wanted to go and just play, and really all I'm going for is an education. I don't think I'm going to be able to get drafted and go to the next level. So I was like, I'm going to get a good education. I need to go and focus mainly on that. But I love the sport, and I love playing sports. I've I can't even tell you how many sports I've played in my life. So. <laughs> All right, and then one other question, and then Chris will get to you, because I, I am curious about this. Um, you talked, too, about academics. How were, did academics come very easily to you? Did you have to no. work very hard at them? Like, tell me a little bit about, and I know in this area there's a ton of pressure, right, mm-hmm. to be that top 5% or whatever. Yeah. So tell me, just for you, what that was like and how you managed that. So my freshman year, I realized quickly that playing three sports was going to be a challenge with, again, trying to be involved and do the right thing always. So I realized quickly that the freshman year, it's tough to do all three with my academics. Academics have never really come easy to me, I would say. I would feel like I have to work pretty hard for them. Um, and I did I did all right in school. I, I, I got by and I had I had good grades through high school. Um, but I realized that kind of being on a schedule helped me a lot too. So like when I would go, I'd go to school all day, go to football practice, and then it would be like homework, dinner, bed. Mm-hmm. And it was just very easy for me to stay on that schedule where in the wintertime of my sophomore year, it was easy for me to be like, I don't have anything to do. I'm just going to go home and lay down. I'm going to take a nap. And then wake up and it's like, oh, it's the next, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it's like, oh crap, it's nine o'clock. Well, I'll do homework for 30 minutes and I'm going back to bed. Like, I don't want to do homework now. So it was a lot easier for me to be like, okay, I got to do this. I got to do that. So that's what helped me a lot was being structured. And I had like, I only had so much time to do everything in a day. So that helped me a lot. I would say just being more structured and I had a lot to a lot of things to do in a short period of time. Yeah. Okay. So, Presley, let's talk a little bit about your experience uh, in high school and what that was like for you. So, just, yeah, talk a little bit about how you were involved with sports, and then we can maybe hit on the academics as well. Uh, the sports, I played, uh, like Carter said, I played football. I ran track. I played basketball uh, my first my first year as a freshman. My sophomore year, I played basketball and football. Um, my junior year, I played uh, football basketball and track again and then senior year uh I, I was focusing more on football so I stuck to football um and just played football my senior year and after football season in the off season I just uh, worked out I lifted and I just ran and trained to get ready so did you find like like your brother like did you have any question about where you wanted to focus or spend your time or was that always pretty clear to you that you 
wanted to play football and that that was always the like it was that the priority like in all these sports yeah. was that always kind of the number one sport for you yeah football is usually the number one sport basketball i mean i was i, I was all right like i wasn't anything great uh track i just ran to get ready for football so it was usually my my whole life's really been centered around getting ready for football um, in in the sports sports world. Do you world. feel like you learned from his story at all, like in terms of him taking a break and then you know regret is a strong word, but missing it or mm-hmm. maybe not you know wanting to do it? Did you was that a little bit of a guidepost for you or a compass? Yeah, I, yeah, I would say that. Um, and my parents were always like, play as many sports as you can. You you you're only in high school one time. Yeah. So my freshman year, my sophomore year, I was like, I'm just gonna go out and play as many as I can. I just want to have a lot of fun and have make the most of these years I have. Yeah. Um, so, but then as it started to get down to it, my junior and senior, I was kind of like, I, I got to start focusing on football because then basketball would start taking taking time away from it. Yeah. So instead of playing high school, my senior year, I just went out and played for fun, like rec, rec league and um, for the fall, for the uh, winter and the spring. So it was just a fun time to go out there and have fun with my friends. But ultimately the goal was to get ready for football at the next level. And then for you also, have you always been forward focused in your thinking in terms of like, what are the next steps? And this has to be something that's familial, like, right? Do your parents kind of set the stage like, not sure that everyone at your age is as focused or as future focused. So mm-hmm. where does that come from? Yeah, it definitely comes from our family. My sister played soccer at University of Richmond, and she uh, was always looking to, towards the future as well. Um, she went to Richmond because, one, she could play like Carter said, but two, to get a great education. So when she gets out of there, she would have the degree that right. to say that she went to Richmond, um, which is a really good school. So, yeah, we've always been future focused. We've always been looking towards like the future looking for our goals but at the same time enjoying the present while we have it um but in definitely in the rear view we're always thinking about our future and always worrying not worrying but just working towards it to get ready for it so and then what about you academically did that come easy to you is that something that you had to work at came a lot easier for me than carter um (laughs) but sure um i think that's i mean i think that's good to know right because it's not always easy. I think one of the things that I found just in talking with my son and a lot of young people is that there's a version of everyone compares themselves to others and they would assume, Carter, like that you're just, it comes very easy, right? And that he's got it all in spades and he's a great athlete and he's a great student, right? And I think that like pulling up the mm-hmm. cover to say some people have to work really hard, right? To get Definitely. to the same point where someone else, it's just, and it's just one lane, right? Academics is one way and particularly where you are in your life right now that you can show um, aptitude. But there's a lot of different ways you can show aptitude in life. So I think it's just in the high school, everyone has to go through that experience. So it did, it did come easier for you? Like, did you not have to? Yeah, definitely. Um, but some, for somebody like Carter, sports can come easier to him than others. Right. And academics can come easier to others than, than Carter. So I, I just think, like you said, it depends on the person. It depends on um, what they have to go through. So. And then what about, would you say, like, social pressure or anything like that? Like, how did you manage that? I mean, Northern Virginia, there's a lot going on. Yeah, definitely. You know, especially, I think, with athletes, too. Like, I don't know that, I mean, it's a stereotype, but that the athletes are the ones that maybe, as a group, there's a lot of group think and group stuff going on. So tell me just a little bit about how you've managed that. Uh, Well, I would say that um, I play quarterback at our school, and that's kind of, like, the position, like, that gets all the spotlight, but... Um, I try not to. I try not to take it as much as the spotlight. 
of course everyone loves it but there, there's only I, I like giving it to a whole group of my friends everyone um that played football with us and on our team and i never try to make it really about me and our best four or five players right. I, or the best five the best five on defense and offense but i try to make it more about the team setting and um a group set of people that uh our whole team really and the whole centerville community so and then what about like the trappings of like drinking and drugs and you know all that kind of stuff how were you pretty clear on where you stood on that front and has that ever been an issue uh no it hasn't our family's pretty religious so we um have always had those moral values of not getting roped into any of that stuff um and i think our family has has done a great job of that for the most part on not getting roped into any of the worldly things and because all of that is just a lot of it's peer pressure it really is if your friend's doing it and it looks fun then why not you do it like a lot of people know that it's bad for you but everyone else is doing it so why not jump in but i think our i think our family i think carter and i have done a really good job especially being athletes being athletes is a it's a big deal um in that world and and it gets a lot more of attention for the athletes because they're kind of like the the cool kids in the sure, school and stuff like sure. that. So, um, yeah, I would agree. Do you would feel like, that. I'm curious too, like maybe both of you can answer this, but if you come out of the gate as a freshman, right, and you're like not interested or not partaking in that kind of stuff, because it's available as early as that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then do you sort of get known for, like he's just a guy that's not into that, and then it's less of do it, do it, do it, right? Versus like, once you break, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. then then you're more susceptible, right, to doing that. So yeah. did you say like you were kind of clear from the beginning and did people give you a hard time in the beginning? Yeah, I would say people people would ask me why, but then once they got to know that I'm that's just not that's just not who I am, um, they would kind of respect it more than give me a hard time rather than try to be like, wow, that guy doesn't do anything. I want to say people found it like cool that I don't do it. Maybe a, maybe a few people, but most of the people never forced it. And were you still social? Could you still go oh, yeah, to definitely, stuff and definitely. go to parties and just not be the guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, the party scene's a little bit different. Party scene is everyone's doing all of it, so uh, that's kind of limited. But just going out with all your friends and they, they them to know your moral values, they're not going to force anything on you and um, not make you do something that they know that you're really prideful about. And picking friends, right, that aren't going to Oh, definitely. That, right? yeah. That's part of it, too. I so think, what, what about I, you? Yeah. I mean... My biggest was uh, my freshman year of college, and so I think that's like a a big time for a lot of kids to, I mean, that's like the first time away from their parents where it's like, I can really do whatever I want. (laughs) So so that was tough for me, but when I went to our, the first weekend I got to school, I went to the baseball house, which is it's it's a party scene but it's also like a place where the baseball team can get together and gather and have a good time together so when i first got there there's two kids from this area so they were there they were there with me and they were just like hey don't like he doesn't drink he doesn't do drugs don't pressure him like and they were very clear to like pretty much the entire team like he's he's not crazy he just doesn't do it so like so like that helped me a lot that they they were so cool about that and then really the like ever since like no one's been like oh come on dude like you got like come on you don't like you want to try it just once like and so like I've never really gotten that peer pressure. Um, and are you at all interested in trying it? Not really. I mean, I just like. 
just seeing my friends and the way they act when like they're either doing drugs or uh, drinking. Either way, I'm just like I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. Right. Like that doesn't like. Right. I've seen a buddy of mine. He doesn't go to Randolph Macon, but he jumped off a roof of a house into a pool when he was drunk, and I was like, yeah. see, like I just I don't want to be doing that. Where now it's like yeah, now I'm out of my sport for two years or a year or whatever it is right. because I broke my leg or worst case I'm paralyzed or right. something like I, I died. So I'm just like, that doesn't really interest me for the, the risk that it is. Well, I think too, as an athlete, like I, I, there's at least it's interesting how it's like the community of athletes who think they're not going to know for being partiers. And at the same time, there's an expectation that you're in shape and that you're, while you're playing right so Mm -hmm. it's kind of this like I feel like it's a little bit of a dichotomy but at least while you're in sport most Mm -hmm. everyone is supposed to be sober and clean and working out right Mm -hmm. so for the most part like at our school we have a 24 and 48 hour rule which is like no drinking 24 hours before a game and 48 before or 48 before a game and 24 before practice so a lot and a lot of and that's like it's there's there's no leeway with that it's like you'll be kicked out out, yeah yeah so it's like there's no and then there's some teams that are completely sober they don't go out they don't hang out with anybody like the football team at randolph macon actually is completely sober the whole fall their whole season so they're out for everything which i like but i feel like it's tough for them to really get like a social experience outside of the football team so like for them to kind of interact with other kids with just kids that are students and not in sports so I feel like it's a little bit harder for them because now for six months all these kids have gotten really good relationships and they have been only talking to their direct what would you say your transition from high school to college um, has been the most challenging probably academics honestly Um, making sure you get up to go to class Uh, I think that's been I mean I've missed one class at Randolph Macon, so I think that's but that's like every day I'm like, uh, do I really want to go? And it's like, no, but I have to, and that's and that's truthfully why I picked Randolph Macon was that it's a small school. We only have thirteen, fourteen hundred students, okay. so it's half the size of Centerville. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty tight. Yeah, yeah, so it's really small. So I'm really a name to the professors. The professors know me personally. I'll have them two or three times, and they're like, oh, yeah, like I've already had you in da 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 whatever class. Mm-hmm. So it's good that I can build a real relationship with all my teachers, and then they want to see me over time succeed and get like grow, and they know I'm learning and get smarter. And I think they really enjoy that. And also we have a, a portion of our grade is attendance. So just showing mm-hmm. up to class is sometimes 10 to 25% of my grade. Just to back, I have one question about you in high school, too, given that it didn't come as easy to you. Did you spend time developing relationships with your teachers at Centerville, and did you find that to be advantageous or important? Yes, all the time. I would. I told my, my football coach, and he was more than happy. He always told us, you're a student and then an athlete. So academics mm-hmm. and schools got to come first. So he had – Typically, no issue with coming out to practice 15 minutes late because I was meeting with the teacher. As long as you brought a note from the teacher because some kids would be like, yeah, I was studying with the teacher, which is like, we all know you're not doing that every day. Yeah. So so he wouldn't, he would not care at all, and he was very cool about that, and it was just bring a note from the teacher, and you're good. 
So, which I liked. And freshman year, I thought was the best. We had a 30 to 45 minute study hall before practice, mm -hmm. which we all had to be in, in the cafeteria and check in right after school, like 10 minutes after. And then we could either leave and go to a teacher or we'd have to sit in there and do homework for 30 minutes, which I thought was so nice. Right. Because I really, in. exactly. Because I, I just had that time where I knew after school I could go and lock in for 30 minutes mm -hmm. and do homework. Yeah. One of the things that, um, you know, I, I do a lot around communication skills and helping people develop their confidence in that space. And also I find that a lot of teens, particularly more recently with technology, they're, they have a harder time building relationships with people, mm -hmm. having eye contact, actually having a conversation. I think a lot of young people are afraid to talk to teachers and build that relationship. And I think that, you know, we talked about this the other day, but that it can be the difference of a, at least a half point of the letter grade or maybe even a letter grade. If you're someone that's like making an effort and you're building that relationship and you're showing up and it's not just when it's like, mm -hmm. you know, the 11th hour. Oh yeah, definitely. So the fact that yeah. you were doing it and now you're in a small college and that, oh, yeah. there's no sure. hiding, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, my, foot, uh, my football coach told me this in high school and then when I got to school my freshman year, my baseball coach actually told me this. He said, when a teacher or professor sees you, they know they they have your face. So like you can just picture somebody, yes. and when they look at your name in their grade book and it's an eighty nine point two, they can easily make that an A minus, which is a complete difference in your GPA, if they want to. But right. if they see you and they're like, eh, he's he's doesn't really come to class. He's smart, but it's easy for him. He doesn't need it. Right. He, they give you a B plus, and he was just like, it's he goes and sometimes it's going to be. You had a D minus and an F, and they're going to be like, I'm going to pass them. Right, or, right. And so he's like, you got to go, and you got to be building that relationship where it's easy for them to be like, I want to help this kid. He helps himself, and it's easy to help yeah, that kid. Yeah, that's great advice. So I think that's, like, the biggest thing. And truthfully, starting when you're younger, like, even sixth, seventh grade, just even talking to adults, like. Yes, I mean, some, some kids have really good relationships with their cousins and their uncles and aunts. And so I think that was like where I started a lot was I started just talking to my aunts and uncles a lot when I was just younger and trying to have like an actual conversation with them and not just be like, hi, like, bye, and then go sit down. Like, I would actually try and have a conversation with them. So I think starting younger has really helped me to, when I'm a freshman, I didn't mind going up to my teacher and being like, hi, my name's Carter, right. like, I need help, I'm... I think that's the other thing too, just needing help, right? Like mm -hmm. being open, and I think some people want to hide because they don't want to be known for needing help. Yeah. And it's so silly because yeah. not a, everybody needs help with exactly. everything at some point. You know, it's like, so what about you for high school? Is there any significant challenge that you faced or had to overcome? Um, I would say for high school, the academics came pretty easy. Um, the sports world was awesome to be able to be a part of all the athletics at Centerville. Um, I'd probably say the social part of not making friends I would say like you uh, going back to like the parties mm -hmm. yes. um, I would say that a lot of people made a lot of friends because they like doing that kind of stuff right so for to be able to make friends in high school you just got to find people that have the same interests as you do and just trying to be yourself and you don't need to go out of who you are definitely go out of your way but and be friendly to people but def don't you, you can just be yourself and you'll be able to make a lot of friends that way, and people will respect you more for that rather than trying to be somebody that you're not. Right. Um, so for me, I would say 
people that are going into high school or college to just give them advice to just be yourself and just try to make as many friends as you can but for make friends that um like to do the same things like that you do wisely, yeah right? definitely I think that's for part sure. of it like my, my husband always says this thing to, to our kids around show me your friends i'll show you your future mm-hmm. so it's like who you surround yourself with and sometimes that's hard particularly in high school yeah um what about like just any sort of like sibling like given he's such a good athlete like for you is there any type of comparing or competitive or anything where you felt like you had to be catch up or you know were you competing yeah. with that to some degree yeah well we're all we, we have we have four kids in our family so we're all we're all pretty athletic we all yeah. compete at a lot of things a lot of us some of but us are be- family game yeah game. yeah That's yeah uh, yeah we're flipping monopoly words um pieces flying everywhere um no we're, we're all pretty competitive uh one, one of our older brother he's a really good runner uh our older sister she's a really good soccer player she's really smart um, he's a really good baseball player. He's just a really good all-around athlete, um, and like and my, so and like myself, I am the baby. Yes, I'm the baby. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he is the baby. So I would say family uh, definitely plays a big role in uh, your life as a person, your upbringing, your, your athletic life. Just your family has a big impact on who you are, and uh, kind of like show me your family, I'll show you your future. Yeah. Um, for the people that you're surrounded with your whole entire childhood your whole entire life really um but no we've always had a competitive nature in our house even if it's like you said board game night or like church yeah even a church yeah we would in our church we have hymns and we would race to the hymn and see who could get there first and like and that's like the kind of stuff like we would do all the time where it's literally like any way we can find it somewhere where i can be like i won and you lost yeah we're always trying to find a way to be like i beat you so and it's interesting, though, because sometimes I've heard, like, with that kind of construct, then because he's more athletic, then the next one or the one below maybe becomes more creative, right? Like, chooses a different path just because you don't want to be have to be in that same lane. But for you, sports were also just very centric to you. Yeah, know? definitely. Not, not really being in the same lane, I would say that they're in one lane and I'm in the better lane so, <laughs> of athletics. So. so I want to ask you both this question because I feel like um, – such an interesting uh, topic and um, even as adults my husband and I are talking about this a lot right now so in terms of like um, we'll start with you Carter like any types of habits or rituals right that you have in your life that help you kind of be the person you want to be so you talked about your schedule and you talked about having some structure in your schedule Mm -hmm. are there other things that um you feel like are part of your daily life that sets you up for doing well in sports, that's, that sets you up for doing um, well in class or even just in your community. Like what are those kind of things that are intrinsic to you that are um, conscious, right? That's intentional yeah. rituals or habits that you do. Um, I mean, I feel like for the most part, it's a lot of just like getting on a routine and mm-hmm. staying on that routine. Um, it's similar to waking up early. If you just, start waking up early eventually it's just like yeah I just I wake up and so I feel like for the most part just continuously always competing with my brothers and my sister it's like I wanted to follow her role so that's kind of what made me be like I need to continue on this path and on this routine so that I know I can play like a collegiate sport and so I feel like just getting a routine I don't necessarily really have a structured routine it's just i know every day 
I would either my dad had me do this for a little while. It was just you'd have a calendar in your room, and it was either put a check or an X. Like, did you do something to help yourself oh, athletically like that. that day? Mm-hmm. And I hated it for a little while because I was like, I put so many X's. I was like, no, I didn't do anything today. It was like, so then after a while, I was like, I, I need to start doing something if I want to play collegiately and follow my sister's footsteps. And that's what kind of motivated me a lot was my sister to. Did you have any failure in your sport life? Like, have you had to face any injuries or anything that, like, it really tested your faith and confidence in your ability to perform? Or has it always been pretty smooth sailing? I've had, like, minor setbacks. Um, I was always a bigger, like, just taller, bigger kid in growing up. So we would always have our weight class and I would always have to drop down to play with my friends, sometimes like two weight classes. So, or I would have to play with eighth graders when I was in sixth grade or fifth grade. And so I was just not ready for that. So I would either have to not play or I would have to lose a lot of weight to get with them. So that was always kind of a challenge. I would say my most recent challenge has just been injuries and just kind of like my arm hurts and it's just like I need to either figure out if it's hurt or if it's just like sore and I just need to keep going and just like it's fine take some Advil and keep going so I think that's been kind of like my most recent challenge has just been like am I healthy is it an injury or is it you're sore Mm -hmm. so I think that's kind of and there's definitely a fine line between that where it's like no you are hurt you need to stop or you're sore just suck it up So I think that's been kind of tough for me is just to figure out whether or not I'm hurt or sore. Just just like the motivation to work out every day, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody struggles with this. But I guess with athletes that are, like, you're in a sport, is that drive, like, to compete and to be the best at that? Is that what gets you up, gets you going? Like, there's, like, because it's towards something, like a specific goal? Well... I agree, yes. So there is a specific goal in mind. But when you wake up and you see your friend going to work out, it's like, oh, crap. Well, I'm competing against him to play against him. So it's like uh-huh. they're not really like they're pushing you, but they're like in a way that's like they're not saying anything to you, but they're working out. And so you're just like, well, that means I have to work out because right. they're obviously getting better and I'm not. So – and eventually, your athletic ability can only take you so far. So it's like, you could be the most talented kid in the world, but if you don't do anything, someone who works really hard, who has maybe a little bit of athletic ability or a lot of athletic yeah. ability and works really hard, it's just like those are the kids that are like excel way yeah. beyond their potential just because they work so hard. So I think that's kind of like what helps me a lot to just be like, all right, you got to go work out. He is. Yeah. You got to go. It's like, or else you're not going to play. And then what about you, the rituals and the and the habits? Like, what are some of the things that you do? Um, and that helped you because it seems like you had a pretty successful experience in high school in terms of yeah. sports and academics. So what are some of the things, like if you were giving advice to a freshman, right, that you were like, here's how you could set yourself up for success. What are some of the things? For success, I would say, um, I would say work as hard as you can because the person next to you is always working harder. Um, or else, like like kind of like Carter said, if you're not working out, you're not gonna play. Like right. it's gonna end up catching up to you. A lot of people have a natural uh, athletic ability, but when it gets when you get older, everyone 
catches up. And you used to be the fastest kid in elementary school, but now everyone's fast. Everyone's big and strong, and you really have to start working at it or else you're not going to play. And um, it, it's come to my attention that uh, the more work you put in, the more success that you will have. And that, that's, I think that's the case for a lot of people. Um, and for rituals, I would say uh, just get on a schedule, kind of like Carter said, get on a schedule every day. Um, it doesn't have to be the exact same one, but just kind of hold yourself accountable to some things. And um, like you said about the calendar, just I like that idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like just, just like hold yourself accountable. Um, make sure you get the things done that you want to get done. Like if I have, if I have a lot of things I have to get done the next day, I put them in. Uh, I usually go into my phone. I put them in my notes. Mm-hmm. I say you got to get these four things done. And even if it's like washing my car, like you got to get this done. Go get your haircut, stuff like that. Um, just small stuff. You just got to make just remind yourself every day. Um, some kids like putting in like an agenda or something that the school gives you and. Um, kids find it better like that. So it, it's kind of depending on the person on what you like to remind yourself or do the routines every day. Um, but for me, I, I would usually just put them in my notes on my phone and just check them every day and be like, I got to get this stuff done today. And it can't wait another one. So Two questions. One, um, are you someone who like envisions, like do you envision success, right? So do you do any type of like, manifestation is the word of the day right or the word of this sort of time of like seeing what you want ahead of it right so do you do anything like that or are you more just like it's more right in front of you here's what I gotta do um I gotta complete this and then the next day same thing Mm -hmm. yeah I would say you want to have a big you want to have a you want to dream big but you need to start small You, you need to be able to have a big goal in mind but you need to take things day by day to be able to get to that big goal. And some people look at a big goal and they're like, man, I can never get there. Right. But if you take everything day by day and you make, um, what I like to do is I like to make mini goals mm-hmm. to add up to a big goal. Um, whether that be get A on your next test. That, if that's your big goal, you need to start out by saying, all right, I got to study like four nights a week. I got to study every school night. So that's a small goal. And then it's, uh, I got to get an A on the next quiz. And then it, it adds up and then you end up getting A on the test. So instead of making a big goal, which definitely you should, you need to have smaller goals to be able to get to that big goal rather than just saying, let me just get an A on this test. And it's it seems like a really lofty goal um, to be able to get and just with no small goals. And did you, in terms of schools, because given you're, you're an athlete and you also did well in school and that came easy and as you tested well, so did you have a lot of options for schools? Like how did you know that, you, you know, you wanted to go to a small school or, mm-hmm. how, you know, was it also the same type of thing with sports or just because your brother went there and you want to hang yeah. out with your brother? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's definitely part of it. Um, being close to home. I love being close to home. And I feel like a lot of kids say that they want to get away from home, but then they do, then it's a totally different lifestyle. Then they're like, wow, this is a really big, like, it's a really big surprise that I'm really homesick and, like, I want to go back to Virginia or I want to go back to home. And, um, but I would also say um, I, would, I wanted to play college football and I, I went to, I picked Randolph-Macon in the end because I knew that I would have a shot to play there at some point in my career. Right. Um, whether that be my sophomore year, my junior year, my, my senior year. Um, I feel like a lot of kids, Randolph Megas Division Three. I feel like a lot of kids get wrapped up in the D1 or nothing. Yes. And I feel like if you can go D1, that's awesome. Um, but for me, 
uh, I'd much rather go to a smaller school and not be able to say I'm going D1, but say that I threw for 15 touchdowns, went, like, or just be able to say that I played there, um, and I feel like a lot of kids are wrap, wrap, have their head wrapped around the, I'm going D1, just to kind of tell everyone I'm going D1, right. and um, which isn't bad at all if everyone's got different goals, and my goal at one time was to go D1, but then as my senior year came to a close, and um, as schools were starting to talk to me, um, small D1, D1 schools were talking to me, but yeah. not, not the big ones like I, I dreamed of in 7th, 8th grade, um, but it, it wasn't a shocker to me. I, I wasn't shocked. I, I wasn't surprised at all. And I'm happy with that. I'm going around with Megan because I really do think that it's a place where I can get a great education, get a great experience, and be able to play. Um, and I feel like that that's my goal is to play. Some people's goal is to go D1. And if it is, then that's great. Um, but for me, it's to go to a place where I feel like I could play. And I feel like that's the best place that would yeah. give me that, I feel like that's the place that would give me the best opportunity. Okay, so I want to switch just for a minute because I, you mentioned being an Eagle Scout, mm-hmm. and that's no small feat. So tell me a little bit about the, that experience and what, um, how you think that's helped you. Because you talked a lot about yeah. your community involvement too, and I, I think that, um, you know, s- s- like speaking from my experience, like we as a family could be doing a lot more in terms of service and community, and I'm trying to drive us to do that. I know it's baked in a lot with. Um, you know, within your church community and, and everything. But just in terms of being an Eagle Scout, you've got to be pretty motivated to do that, yeah. right? And a lot of that you're driving yourself. So mm-hmm. how did that – was that something that was expected of you of your parents or is that something you wanted to do? Um, I don't think it was really expected. I think that I wanted to do it as well as I think that it would really help me down the road. Like mm-hmm. um, I feel like people look at that and they're just like, oh, that – that's a kid that wants to help somebody else other than himself that looks at somebody else my real reason why i got it was my older brother he was like i'm getting it just like one day he was not even like anywhere near getting it and he was just like i'm doing it and he was like a i want to say a sophomore junior in high school and he was like i'm doing it and so he got it and he was he worked his absolute butt off to get it done and i was in seventh grade and i was like well He's got it. I'm not, I'm not going to let my older brother show me <laughs> up. So I was like, now I have to get it. Yeah. So I was like, have well. Have you done any scouting stuff before? He, he had. Like, okay. we've always, like, we, he's done it growing up. But, like, he wasn't where he was, like, like where a lot of people were, where they were like, yeah, I'm about to get it. I'm right. a junior, sophomore, junior. I'm about to get my Eagle Scout. It's like, I'm a sophomore, junior, and I'm, like, three tiers down. Like, I need to start. I'm first class. So, like, I need to start really working hard. To get my project and get it all done, mm-hmm. all the there's crazy amounts of paperwork, and so they say with every Eagle Scout, there's an Eagle Scout mom. So mm-hmm. our mom did do a lot of paperwork and a lot of helping with that. Yeah. So, and I think if you ask any Eagle Scout, they would say the same thing that it was a lot on somebody helped them along the right. way. It's not just like yeah, I did it all and I did everything. It's like there's no way. So. It's there was somebody along the line that really helped him. Um, and, and what's that feeling like when you accomplish that? Uh, it was it was so nice just yeah. knowing that I was like I worked so hard for this and just knowing like I mean I, I believe it's twenty one merit badges that you have to have. So mm-hmm. and so like when we would go to a scout camp, it would be like we would get a bunch of different ones. So like I got a canoeing one, which I've never canoed before, and so it was, it's nice now. 
I can go out with my friends and be like, yeah, I, I know how to canoe. And if we flip, I can get underneath it. There's an air bubble in there. And we can get underneath it and flip the, two, like, flip the canoe back over, which uh, right. some people might know, but a lot of people want it. And so I feel like it really just makes you like a well-rounded person. I feel like it makes you educated in a lot of areas. Yeah. So it's yeah. just, and that's also what I like about Randolph-Macon. It's a, it's a liberal art, it's a liberal arts mm-hmm. college, and so it teaches you a, a lot about one thing, whatever you're going to major in. But it also teaches you a lot about a bunch of other things. Like I've had to take two religion classes. I've had to take a theater class, and so I was just like, "Oh crap, I got to take a theater class." So it ended up being good, and so that's what I really loved about the Eagle Scout was that it was all really well rounded. So Presley, talk to me a little bit about your experience. Eagle Scout was it just because your brothers did it? <laughs> Actually, yes. Um, yeah. it, that was probably seventy-five percent of it. Uh, the other twenty-five percent was just uh, we did it through our church, and yeah. um, everyone was getting it. So, and whenever I would go, we would be doing scout scout stuff. So I was like, well, why not? I just get it. It's just a waste of time to not get it. So, um, yeah, Eagle Scout was an incredible um, experience to be able to get that. Uh, the experience actually was for me that was the most memorable was early in the process uh, when we were just we young scouts um, going to camp and just getting our first couple merit badges um, we would go to a camp designed just to get those merit badges mm-hmm. and for a whole week and those were always really uh, they were fun they were hard it was really memorable um, it was a great experience over overall um, and like Carter said, our, our mom helped us immensely with uh, the end of it, um, getting the last few merit badges and going through all the paperwork and just uh, kind of pushing us to the end because I think the hardest part of it is the end. And there's, I can't remember the percentage, but there's something like uh, 65% of boys tr- start their Eagle Scout, but only uh, like 8% actually finish it. And so I would say the, the most fun part for me was the beginning, but the hardest part was the end. Yeah. And But all in all, that's the most rewarding part. And what was your final project? My final project was um, my mom's college roommate is a dentist, and every other year she goes to uh, Honduras and does a free dental clinic for the kids down there. So I did a dental clinic drive, and I gathered up all the supplies, to, uh, toothbrush, toothpaste, floss, and I put them all in plastic bags and shipped them to her um, as like a service project. And as nice. a so a dental hygiene kit drive was my project. And so. what was yours? It was a coat drive for Syrian refugees. Wow. So it was part partially done through our church, and so I kind of was like the driver, co- yeah, yeah, exactly the, the coordinator of it. And so I talked to some of the local newspapers. I got it in the newspaper. I got it in a lot of the local high schools. I got it in our high school, um, Westfield High School, mm-hmm. Robinson. So I had a bunch of people from all over the place. Awesome. So so it was really good, and I was really excited. I feel like just as you're talking about that, because it seems like one of those programs that you then can figure out most things. Like, And is that really what it's set up to do? So that now you, as an adult in the world, like when something come, comes up, right, that you're there's a sense of resilience or like you can figure it out I think mm-hmm. that's something that I know as a parent and I have you know younger kids than you I my youngest is a sophomore but but looking at them and and seeing that I don't know that they're totally prepared when stuff goes south or stuff 
doesn't quite go the way you think it's going to go. Yeah. And I feel like with an Eagle Scout and everything you have to accomplish, you have to have face some challenges and adversity there. You've got to figure it out and stay mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, we'd go to the camps when we were like 12 years old. And right. they're, they're three hours away. No service out there. Like, you're yeah. not bringing your phone. Like, <laughs> you're not calling your mom and dad every night, seeing how everything's going. And uh, there's, like, there's two, like, scout leaders with you. But um, they're not your parents. So, and then you're out there all by yourself. It starts raining. Like, it's just like, I'm out here all by myself, kind of. Yeah. Um, so, it's a little bit of, like, uh, like self-realization. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of, like, learning for yourself and how to be able to deal with adversity in that kind of way. Um, and I, I feel like that helps you definitely going through those, exper- going through those experiences um, for, for, for now in life when you get older. Yeah. All right, so I do have a question about your parents and their involvement because you both seem like people that are pretty self-motivated or that you were pretty clear on your objectives and so mm-hmm. And I'm curious, uh, I think it's helpful if parents listen to this also, just what are some of the things that your parents did in terms of both of your experiences that that was helpful, right, that you felt like really propelled you forward? And then what are some of the things that, and this is harder, but that you wish that maybe they were done differently? Because I feel like all of us that are in this parent game with kids that are, you know, kind of reaching where you all are now, being able to... Um, learn from like others right so what what are they kind of what were some of the things they do well and what are some of the things that maybe you had conversations about or you wish that they had done differently that would have positioned you or that just would have helped you feel more secure yeah um, I think my, my parents did a really good job of always like pushing us to be better and they were always just like well look at your sister she's doing this so it was always a competition like where we would always want to be better than each other, but also wanting to like help each other. So like my sister always wanted to help us and have us be our best selves, mm-hmm. and I was always like, I want to be better than her. I want to go. I want to do this, and I want to. I want to be a better soccer player than her. And I was. And after a very short time, I was like, I'm not playing soccer. But I was always just like, I want to be better than her. I want to go above and beyond of what she's doing. And so it was that competition, and my dad was always kind of like the main forcer of that. And we would always like he was just always teaching. Is your us. dad an athlete? He was. Okay. He was kind of. Kind of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says that. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good golfer. He's a good yeah, golfer. He can golf. Uh, He's a good golfer. So he was always like we would play spoons, and like just as a family, we'd be trying to like hang out as a family, and me and my sister would be wrestling over a spoon, and it was just like. Sometimes it would be me and my dad wrestling over a spoon. So my dad was always kind of the main force of competition, which I always like the competition. I think it brings out the best in everybody Mm -hmm. and to an extent. I mean, so I just think that competition really helps everyone to really drive themselves to be like, I want to win. I don't want to be second place. I want to be the best. And I think that that's what my dad and my mom has really taught us is like, don't, the, don't come in second. Be, right? Don't come in second. Exactly. If you work hard enough and you do the right things, you can be a part of that 8%, like Presley said, of the mm-hmm. Eagle Scouts who actually finish and right. become an Eagle Scout. So I think that was kind of their main focus was be a part of the small group that actually finishes mm-hmm. and be a part of that small group that's a collegiate athlete. And so 
and not just be like everyone else who works hard and then it's like, eh, I don't want to. Right. And so don't fall off and continue to drive and push yourself as you get older. Because like you said, those, those temptations like drugs and alcohol and the peer pressure that comes with that and it's very easy to be like, yeah, I'm going to go to a party instead of working on my academics. Right. And so right. I feel like it's staying on that straight and narrow path that's like that's just like kind of what they always taught us is stay here and then everyone will kind of flock to you mm-hmm. because they'll be like wow look at like the look at the way he does it it's just like being it, a role model exactly right? yeah. so that's kind of like and I always try to be a role model for my mm-hmm. little brother so I, I like that about like that's would you like say the same about. thing or would you say something different in terms of what they've done well or what's helped you yeah definitely uh, I, I heard something earlier this week that we were in church and there was a person giving a talk and he said parenthood is the toughest hood that you'll have to go through <laughs> and I laughed but it, it, it's true I mean I'm not a parent but it, it seems like it's really hard and it seems like to be able to get all your kids off on the right foot especially with all four of us um, just the more kids, the harder it is. And I feel like they've done a really great job of, like you said, we're really futuristic. We're, we really think about that. And they kind of put that in our brain that we always got to think about the next step. Um, not necessarily being a step ahead. Definitely try to be a step ahead, but really think about what's going to happen to you in your future. And um, like we already have money in uh, like investment stocks and like just getting ahead so when we are out of college – the money's grown already and instead of putting it in then we, we put it in five years earlier and now it's it's already growing right. um, j- just stuff like that they, they've done a really great job of turning us into people to get ready for the real world and definitely on top of that really enjoying our childhood really I mean Carter can say we're, we're spoiled we really are <laughs> I mean they give us everything um, and they, they've done an incredible job to be able to be role models and uh, be great people in our lives. And some people don't feel obligated to be close to their parents or be close to home. But like for Carter and I, part of the reason why I went to Randolph-Macon is I feel obligated because my parents did so much for me that I want to be close to them because I love them. And they they gave me such a great life that I kind of want to repay it back to them and tell them how much I love them by staying close to them uh, as they get older and as we get older. Um, so I think I'm, I, I try to give as much thanks to them as I can. And whenever they ask me to do something, I, I try to do it with the, with the best attitude possible. Um, even if it's things that I don't like, like we had a tree fall down our yard last week. My dad chainsawed it up. I had to move it all out of our front yard. Um, and I try to do that with the, with the most positive attitude I could. And, um, I try to do that on a day to day basis and just try to make them proud of the people that the, the kids that they've raised. Um, anything that you wish they did differently? They sound like rock stars. So. Yeah, <laughs> they are. They are. They, they are definitely they, rock stars. They really are. Um, differently, I don't. I don't think there's really anything differently that I would want them to do. Yeah. I think they maybe letting us make the mistakes on our own. Mm-hmm. Like kind of being like, "Wow, I, I can't do that." Like something like that. Kind of like they would always tell us beforehand, like. You can't do like don't do that. That'll really get you in trouble. Where it's like, it's like, I know I, I get that now. Seeing that now, it's like, wow, that that would be really dumb of me to do. Right. But in the moment, it sounded like a fun, good idea, which is 
really helpful to me now that they're like they were looking out for my best interest. But I feel like in some ways I couldn't fail like on my own and just be like, wow, I screwed up. Like, man, that was tough. But I don't know. My dad always kind of told me when I was little and he kept telling me this, find your advantage. So find like in whatever situation you're in, find what can help you. Don't look at like, so it's pretty much just like look at the bright side. Right. Like look at the good in the situation. Don't always look at the bad. So just find the advantage that can help you get out of whatever you're in. Right. So, I don't know. I think that's kind of what he's taught me a lot. And I don't know. I don't think there's really anything that I would say different other than kind of don't let your you don't want to you ever you don't ever want to see your kid fail and like be like, wow, he screwed up. And now he learned after he screwed up. It's like, okay, now he knows. Don't ever do that. Right. But like maybe in like little things where it's just like, yeah. There's lessons, right? Exactly. That, there's a sure. lot of lessons to be learned. So, I think there's some ways that they could have let us fail a little bit, right. but I mean, for it's the most part, yeah, exactly. It's hard to know what's going to be the one that's like, exactly. where you it's know, like, catastrophic or what's going to be the one that's like, that was a really good life lesson. Exactly. It's, you know, not yeah. easy. Would you say the same, anything differently uh, for you? Yeah. In, in defense of what Carter said, I would say our parents didn't let us fail because the mistakes that we were going to make, they've already made. So they yeah. are like, we don't want you to make that mistake because we were the stupid ones and made that mistake already. So, like Carter said, they're looking out for our best interest. And the reason why they don't want us to fail is because they've failed at that before. Right, right. Um, so, that would be the only thing I would have to defend them on. Yeah. Um, for something that they could do different, yeah. uh, I got nothing. Yeah. They, 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 I really don't. They, they've been so great to yeah. not only me, but our whole family. I mean, they are so giving. My mom, she's... It brings a tear to my eye how giving she is to other people. She is she is the she is the lady of the year of the oh, eternity, and so is my dad. He's the hardest working guy I know. He, yeah. really, he really is. He's working on a Saturday night in the office. Yeah. Um. He's he's always working, and um. They're probably the two greatest people I've ever oh, met I in my life. That. Yeah. Okay, so before we wrap up, one thing that I uh, like to ask, and you, I asked you this a little bit, but I would just take it a step further in terms of. If you were going to sit down and give counsel, right, to your younger self or just someone that's just sort of about to go on this path of, like, high school to college and as you start to think about success factors, like, what are, you know, two or three things that you would um, say, right, particularly given your own experience and things that maybe you struggled or had to overcome? Like, what advice would you give? We'll start with you and then go to Presley. Um, I would say find your niche. Like, find what really helps you excel Mm -hmm. and so so that in some area of your life you are doing really well and it's like if it's a I'm a really good athlete if it's like I'm a really good athlete or if it's I'm a really good student get straight A's that's like then you're it's like I'm a great student I work really hard at school and then and then in other places it's like okay I'm not the best athlete but I'm a straight A student so I can work a little bit harder on my like athletics. I can and round it out. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that would be my biggest thing is just find your niche. And then another one would just be find a good friend group. Like kind of what Presley was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. It's your friends that are going to mold you into the person that you are. So my dad always told me, don't ever be the smartest or the dumbest person in your friend group. So you want to be right there in the middle. <laughs> so you you want to learn from the Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You want to have that one kid that's doing the stupid things. He's going to do whatever and it's like you're learning from him it's like wow I don't want to do that and then you're also learning from the 
smartest person where it's like, wow, she's or he is very good, and mm-hmm. it's like, look at look at look at that person. So I think that would be find a good friend group that has the same values and has the same interests as you. Yeah. So that would be my That's two good. biggest advice. Yeah. Yours have to be different. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I definitely agree with Carter on the find a great friend group. They, yeah. They're the people that definitely are going to mold you into the person that you're going to be. Um, probably the biggest one I would say is just to make the most of every day. Our parents always talk about back when I was in college, or we're, we're in the times now. So it's kind of like, when am I going to have these experiences? And it's really just make the most every day. And life's so short to just sit inside and watch TV all day. Um, definitely there are those days and definitely days like today, it's hot as anything outside. <laughs> yeah. But um, really, yeah, just make the most every day. Put yourself out there. Um, cause if you, if you reach for the stars, you come, you, you land on the moon. Yeah. And, um, so that's probably the biggest piece of advice I would give. Well, thank you both so much. I appreciate your time. I feel like you have a lot of great counsel and sharing your experiences. I think there's a lot of people that can identify. So I thank you for your time. Yeah. Thank you. Thank for you. Thank that. you very much. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm so impressed with these two young men and very appreciative of their time. A special thanks to Missy, the producer of this episode. As a reminder, if you like this discussion, please subscribe to Relatable. Uh, You can also give us a thumbs up or give us a comment or a review. And you can follow us uh, on Twitter. You can find Teresa Freeman Associates on Twitter. Uh, You can also like our Uh, TFA or Teresa Freeman Associates Facebook page. And you can also follow us on Instagram. Until next time, this is Teresa Freeman with Relatable.